Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Alright, what a busy, busy week. Uh, so, I had surgery this week, Wednesday, for my second, second hernia in less than two years. And I even, you know jokingly as most people probably would said to the doctor do I get a two-for-one deal and I didn't because I had to go to a different doctor for the procedure because the doctor I originally had doesn't repair repaired hernias if that makes sense so anyway I had laparoscopic surgery done uh, so my stomach looks like it has three like pretty much three gunshot wounds uh, in my stomach well placed Um, not to make that a, a, uh, you know, not to make light of that, but that's what it looks like. And, uh, a robot actually operated on me with doctor's assistance. So not just a, it wasn't like the robot came in and asked my, you know, got my vitals and stuff. But anyway, that happened. I also started my uh, second master's program at Texas A&M Commerce. And, um, so far, you know, jury's still out. Uh, I have uh, concerns. I have uh, things I need to learn. You know, uh, the the one thing I will say that nobody warned me of are the massive amounts of duck poop outside of the performing arts center, outside of the theater, and it stinks. It absolutely is wretched. Uh, but that you know, no big deal. But the ducks are cute, and that's what somebody said on social media. The ducks are cute. Yeah, sure. You know, we all poop. Everything poops. Um, what's cute about it is some of these ducks are mama ducks, and they have eggs that are not hatched yet, and so they are aggressive if you get too close. Not that I was trying to get the eggs, but just there's one nest, I guess, if you will, or set of eggs. I don't know what you call it. Hatchlings? I, I don't know. Uh, next, Right next to the door where you go in. So it's kind of virtually impossible not to get too close for comfort for mama duck so anyway did start that I've got to finish up because I've got some papers to write um, and I'm excited about it I'm excited to like be there in person and learn and we have some people on zoom I would just rather be there if you can you know I I know there are uh, circumstances that keep you from being present uh, but me personally I want to be in a class that's where I learn better um, and it's just, it's just more fun that way. You get to make eye contact with people. I like eye contact. Uh, this week I've got Cindy Rankin couch on Cindy is a longtime theater teacher now retired and she is living her best life in, a, a, an environment that we all would love to live in one day. You'll hear the birds chirping in the background. The scenery behind her was gorgeous. I made a comment about it. I believe before we started recording, uh, the the problem is the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi, not uh, not the strongest out there, and I I don't know, actually know if she was on Wi-Fi or not. Cindy can answer that, uh, or if she was on like five G or something like that. But um, this isn't the uh, this isn't the cleanest of interviews when it comes to reception, when it comes to the strength of the signal. So I tried to get as much content out of it. That's why it's kind of shorter this week, uh, but I tried to get as much content out of it as possible. There were a few times that I had to uh, edit out breaks where the signal just dropped. Uh, We eventually went to no video so that the signal was 
uh, a little stronger. Excuse me, <clears throat> my voice. Uh, it's from the breathing tube. <laughs> You'll just have to excuse me. Anyway, so uh, it is a bit of a shorter interview this week, but that's be- you know it's not for lack of trying. Um, we did we did talk for quite a while, uh, but uh, I did have to kind of choppy choppy the recording quite a bit. So I uh, want to make sure you guys are still checking out the t-shirt website, Bonfire. I will include that in the description of this week's podcast. Also, please follow me on the Twitter and you can friend me on Facebook. Again, if you friend me on Facebook, I've had this happen recently. Like, let me know who you are and that you're friending me because of this, because there are some people, yeah, we have mutual friends, but I, I still don't know you. Uh, but anyway, you know, it'd be cool if you just gave me a shout out and said, Hey girl, love the pod something like that, or leave me a review or something. And then I'll see it and I'll know that we're supposed to, we're destined to be friends. And so that's fun. Uh, back to school sales happening now. Hope everybody got their prime day deals. I know I did. I got quite a few, not going to name them all off, but, uh, let's just say when class got boring, I went online. So, uh, but have a great week, everyone. Uh, wish everyone the best. Hope everyone is healthy. COVID numbers are rising yet again. So just be careful out there and have a great week. Enjoy this week's interview with the one and only and retired Cindy Rankin Couch. I guess I'll start, uh, with family. I, uh, had I had parents who were deaf and I was the oldest child. And so my parents uh, bought a television, the first in the county in uh, 1953 so that I could listen and maybe pick up the English language because my first language was American sign. And, uh, that worked okay, but then they sent me to live with my grandparents in uh, in Lockney, and I lived with them till I was five. Uh, enrolled in preschool, uh, where I had my first production of Cinderella, and I was Cinderella. Uh, went on and did some plays in elementary school, and Lockney is not the mecca of the arts. So I didn't have very much of a background. Uh, I did choir in high school with Carol Brashear, and she didn't do musicals. She did variety shows. So I sang, uh, I say a little prayer and then to serve with love, which were uh, top of the charts back then. We didn't have UIL in Lockney. And so, but we did have junior and and senior plays. So my first play was Boarding House Reach. And uh, I was Courtney. And of course, I knew what a boarding house was because we had several in Lockney. It took me 13 years to get my degree. And it was in uh, uh, English and social studies. And it took 13 years, bad choices, divorce. Um, so I started teaching in Lockney at, in 82. 
and my prince I was teaching English and uh, our one actor quit. Princeton, you're a little bit out there and you dress kind of unusual. I think you'd be a great one. So I decided to do that. Uh, oh gosh, I was so scared in high school, but it was mostly a social thing because after the after play practice, we all went and drug Maine. And so I didn't even know where left stage, right stage was. Uh, and we didn't have the internet at that time. So I couldn't look up information on how to do, how to direct a play. And uh, it, it was just by the grace of God that I had experienced kids that showed me the ropes. I, I first started teaching in Lockney and I taught English one, two, three, and four. And um, my principal came to me and said that I was a little bit out there and I dressed a little bit differently than the rest of the teachers. He thought I'd make a great one act play director. I didn't know, you know, left, right stage. I didn't know any of that. We didn't have the internet. And uh, so I got a book out of the library and gosh, I crammed. That's all I can say. I just crammed and uh, didn't know what play to choose. I uh, like it. And, uh, so I got the screenplay and I got the rights to it. And we put on that play. I had one black kid and a lot of country kids. And uh, it was then that I met Greg, my husband. He was a thespian in high school. He did the happy scarecrow. <laughs> and so we had that connection. Uh, he had three kids. I had five. Two weeks after we got married, we had all the kids. We had eight of, eight of them living with us. And uh, he was from Alton, so I moved to Alton. And I did one act play there for 12 years. Uh, technical, acting. It's much easier to direct your own kids than it is to direct grandkids. I will say that. Uh, our superintendent at Alton moved to Shallow Water and uh, brought us with him. And so by that time, I had gone to enough workshops. I had read enough plays uh, that I started evolving as far as being a director. I really improved from Alton to Shallow Water. I guess it was the age. Uh, I spent 20 years in Shallow Water and... Uh, we were state qualifier four times, and then we won state year before last. So I think it was just experience and uh, and wanting to learn more about the craft. I took the teacher certification exam uh, while I was at Alton. And so at Shallow Water, I still had to teach English. Uh, 
uh, junior and senior English and one act play, but gradually I was able to just do one act, just do theater. And uh, I did middle school and high school one act play. I also had a, a class, uh, we had inclusion uh, with challenged kids, but uh, it was difficult doing plays in those theater classes with the kids. Uh, so I spoke to my superintendent and my principal, and we were able to have a class where I had all uh, special ed kids plus two or three regular ed kids. So that way they could star in their own plays. And we did two plays a year, uh, one in the fall semester and then one in the spring semester. And they did 40-minute shows. Uh, we did mostly fairy tales. And uh, it, that. I think that was the most rewarding thing that I have done because uh, those kids, one of them, Brandon, that I still keep up with, uh, he works at uh, a cafe in Abernathy, and he's able to communicate better with his customers because he had theater in high school. And... Uh, so I love that. I loved uh, doing middle school. Yeah. I never thought uh, there was a one-size-fits-all philosophy in theater. Uh, I studied Meisner, Hagen, Adler, but Frances Hodge, uh, I think it was Jim Rambo that mentioned her to me, him to me, and uh that's mainly the text that I used in in directing, hmm. and I'm rereading that textbook again this summer. What uh, what so, are you what are you rereading it for? Just just to kind of refresh. Yes, yeah. yes, and uh, uh, I I just think that as Hodge does that. Uh, Theater should be student-centered, yeah. and um, I think that collaboration is at the core of theatrical work. Uh, my kids always had a lot of input into <clears throat> direction, uh, into production, costuming, uh, and, I, and I had them. I did theater camps in the summer, right. and I had... Uh, 40 to 50 kids ages three through eighth grade. And so some of the kids sold. So 15 years is a long time to have yeah. a group of students. What, uh, when you, when you started getting into one act play, uh, into that world, was there something that completely took you or, or caught you off guard in that type of theater? Cause it is a different type of theater than, you know, I don't want to say normal theater, but there is a, because of the, <laughs> yes. because of the guidelines and, and everything, 
you know, it's just a different world. Was there something that just completely kind of caught you off guard when you first stepped into that, that, that style? Oh gosh, it was, uh, it was Lynn Murray (laughs) scared me to death. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, the rules, you know, uh, back then, well, of course there were, there were some rules that were, I mean, I had a kid standing on 12 feet up, uh, in a middle school production of Alice in Wonderland. And, uh, so the changes that have been made for safety are Mm -hmm. really, are good. Uh, the limits on material and uh, architectural stuff back then uh, was hard. But then you had directors that rewrote their plays. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was okay. So I, I don't know. The growth, uh, the evolution of One Act Play in Texas, I think, has been really, really uh, good. Right. especially with Paula Rodriguez at the helm. Yeah. As you know, some, some directors say they, they don't feel they've made it until there's a one act play rule written because of them. Uh, (laughs) Do you you have any of those? Have you not made it yet? Yeah. (laughs) Gosh, we got, we, we got to state with as you like it. And, uh, uh, I had trees on pylons and we had gotten all the way to state. Nobody had said anything. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, I can't remember who the stage manager was, but we got there and we couldn't use so, so much of the stuff that yeah. we had brought. Uh, that uh, it, that was disheartening. And Marilyn Miller had made it the first time ever. And she, you know, she was such a prolific director yeah. and we both agreed that it was the worst experience we'd ever had, but started planning the next play season right, right. after we got through the state. Was that, was that your first visit to state or was, had you had already been there? Yes. Yeah. No, no, that was my first visit. Okay. Holy cow. Yeah. So that was tense. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. It it always is. I mean, even if even on attempt number six and seven, it's still pretty intense, but I guess you start to get uh a little used get to it. Get a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. The, and the and the kids get used to it. Right, right. Yeah. Well they also come to expect it sometimes too, which is can be its own stress. But yeah. Yeah. I yeah, get that. And, and there hadn't been very much consistency. <clears throat> With contest managing, yeah. Uh, back then, right, right. It's gotten a lot better. I can agree to that. Uh, when you uh, first started in, what what uh, what classification was your school? Uh, we were two A. Two A. Okay. And then uh, when I got to Shallow Water, we were four A at one time with uh, Josh Harriman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gosh, I can't. And at that time, only one school could advance. Right, right. And and did that? Did and that, that was tough. Did that? Uh, did that level change? Did that change how you attacked one act play? You know, now that you have bigger schools and 
bigger selection or did you kind of keep your same philosophy and formula? Um, I took a lot of risks yeah. at that time. I think uh, I started going to workshops with Rick Garcia yeah, and uh, he taught me a, a whole different way of approaching place. Right. And I asked, and I started earlier as soon as March, I started thinking about the next season yeah. of what I was going to do for middle school and high school as well as my theater classes. So I do uh, seven or eight productions in a year. Wow. And I was a one man yeah. theater department. Did, was that, <laughs> how, how, how did you go about choosing your season? Uh, did you, did you keep it thematic or did you just kind of choose plays that had, uh, you had the actors for, or like, what was your, what was your kind of way of going about things? Um, I was a double major English and history person. And uh, I tried to find things, tried to find plays that had current themes. For instance, the Me Too movement, I did front, which was uh, uh, women's rights, especially during World War II when the guys were off and women had to fend for themselves and found themselves in the workplace for the first time. Uh, so I tried to find plays that the kids, that we could have discussions about current topics. Uh, I did seven spots in the sun when we were having problems with immigration and we immersed ourselves into uh, the into immigrant society and uh that that play took place in south america and uh i always like to bring in people to come and talk to the kids yeah so when we did uh i had an immigration lawyer come in whenever we did seven spots in the sun uh when we did front, there was a veteran who had been uh, uh, burned in an IED explosion, and uh, and he and his wife came and spoke to the kids, and he was burned over ninety percent of his body. Wow. Uh, and he spoke about being in the service, but what was more important was that his wife spoke about how hard it was to maintain a family and raise the kids while he was in, in battle. So uh, that was really important with front when we did that. Yeah, that's smart. Did you I think I'm meandering? No, 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 you're not. You're not that that's good because that's, <laughs> that's part of what may is the appeal of this podcast. It's uh, free professional development. <laughs> so, um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of why I'm attacking it from this end, you know, but I, I, there are some people that do, uh, topical shows and, um, they get some backlash. Did you ever get or receive backlash from community or administrators or, you know, because oh, it's, gosh. it's kind of, yeah. Yes. The very, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. The very first. And, Believe it or not, it was the crucible, and I was in Alton. And one of the mothers uh, 
let's see. I can't remember what the kid, what part she had. But anyway, uh, she thought that I was teaching witchcraft to the kids without reading the play. And so she brought me to, in front of the school board. Uh, but that was really the only time. Uh, I did a lot of uh, community uh, involvement and and really told the community through text, through Facebook, uh, why I chose the play that I chose. And uh, it was I, it was always accepted. I guess that that first trial by fire with the crucible taught me that I really needed to engage the community in whatever I was the choices that I was going to that I was going to make. make. Um, we did. Uh, I did miss summer the year of COVID, and. Uh, we just did that because we just needed a little bit of levity. And uh, it was an amazing production, probably the best one I've ever done. We got to compete at district and then that was it. Do, so, yeah. Uh, Speaking of COVID, how did that, because you had some years under your belt uh, by the time that kind of came about COVID and all that stuff. How how much of a shock was that to to the system for you? Not not so much me, yeah. But to the kids, it was. Uh, we were rehearsing uh, when COVID. We kept rehearsing midsummer until they finally said and uh, that we would not have school anymore. Right. And uh, so. It was uh, it was really sad for those seniors, uh, yeah. but uh, out of those kids, uh, one went on to Juilliard, and uh, one is in film at uh, SMU. She got a four four year scholarship. Wow. Uh, so you know they just went on and they did other things and. Uh, then <laughs> rehearsing with COVID at the at the beginning of twenty twenty uh, with those masks that was that was a yeah. nightmare. We yeah. we didn't have a big budget, and those masks we kept trying different ones so that we could be understood, and uh, and and that was tough. That was tough. Did you did you end Tougher up for the kids than for yeah, me? Did did you end up learning anything from from all that? Did did anything kind of was there ever an, a, a light bulb moment when uh, during that kind of year and a half, two years of oh, you know this this actually is something I might take away from this experience or uh, a positive, if you will. Um, I think the kids. I think I don't know. Uh, my husband and I were, he was my assistant director yeah. during all this. And uh, I think it just made us stronger. Right. Uh, the whole experience, because we'd been through 
an experience where we could not complete our production, yeah. couldn't see it to the end. And uh, I think it just made the kids work harder. Yeah. Yeah. More resilient too. Yeah. Good. Do you, uh, do you still sign? Can you still, uh, do you still remember yes. some ASL? Uh, yeah. Yes. In, in fact, when my youngest daughter was in high school, we did Johnny Belinda. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, taught the whole cast how to sign. And uh, we brought in a deaf minister from Lubbock to come and talk to the kids about how it felt to be deaf. Right. And then I did uh, Mother Hicks in middle school. And again, we taught the whole group how to the sign right and uh, my granddaughter was in that boy that was tough <laughs> directing your granddaughter yeah you you, you, <laughs> you you sort of touched on that before so you did you correct me if i'm wrong did you say it's tougher to have grandkids than it is to have your own kids or is that yes yeah. it is what, yes it what, is because why, why is with that? your own kids they see the good bad and the ugly all yeah. the time uh with grandkids they only see the good and yeah. then when they see the ugly it takes them yeah. A back. Yeah. Grandma's grandma's are <laughs> for, for is all I yeah. have to say. Grandmothers are for, you know, baking things and, and giving me presents, not not to tell me right from wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah, I don't and, uh, I, she was Josie. Go ahead. She was Josie in uh when we did Bog of Cats okay. my last production. And, and what have so, have have any of your kids or grandkids gone on to uh, do theater or continue to do theater? No, okay. no, they haven't. Uh, no, but I've got my oldest is an administrator. My oldest daughter is an administrator. Okay, so they're in education. Huh? Uh, I have a yeah, I have yeah. a son that's an attorney for Coors oh. in Denver. I have another daughter that's a math teacher. And then I have a daughter that's a social uh, worker. She's a counselor. Right. Wow. Uh, so I think all, and then I have a car salesman. <laughs> he has two car dealerships. That's kind of, that's so kind of, that's think, kind of acting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Where uh, you're, you said you had a daughter that's a social worker. My sister's a, a social worker as well. And um, that is a, a very difficult world to live in. So, oh my goodness, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I have her daughter. I have my granddaughter. She's going to uh, Lubbock Community Theater camp this okay. week. I didn't know that till yesterday that I'd have her all week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, hey, it's summer. Grandkids are coming in. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So good for you. Yeah. Uh, so and when, with 24 of them. I've had them all in theater camps. Yeah. And, oh, and I don't have. Are you able to be honest with them? Like when it comes to theater, I don't mean like just, you know. Oh, uh, yes. Re, okay. That's why my granddaughter, we had such a hard time. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, my daughter, my uh, uh, next to oldest daughter, uh, mm-hmm. she said, uh, she was telling Caitlin, she said, you know, that's just the way it is. That's just the way that mommy is. Uh, she took all of my lines away when we did the crucible <laughs> because I didn't pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's just like a coach, uh, it's just like a it's coach coaching. It's easier to do summer camp. 
with grandkids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like a coach coaching their son, uh, you know, or their daughter. It's uh, that you still got to, it's still about the team, uh, you know? Yes. So, yeah. Well, good. What do you, uh, so you, you said you are now uh, in the home you're in, you haven't been there for a year, but you know, when, when video was on, you had a beautiful background behind you. Are you, do you have a green thumb? Cause you said it's a work in progress. I, yeah. I try to, yeah. I try to, we, uh, I retired and, and my husband is still working. And so, uh, we bought a house out at Ransom Canyon, okay. uh, during the COVID thing. And, uh, so we did it for the grandkids right? and we have, uh, we're right here on the lake and, uh, and there's a hill behind me and we've got deer and all kinds of birds. Right. And that's, is that something you've kind of and, always uh, wanted? N- no, <laughs> no, I didn't know I wanted it till until we, you got, until we got it. Uh, I'm still involved in, in theater, I started judging for the first time and yeah. contest managing and doing clinics last this last year. Yeah, and how do you like so, that? It's it's a you're on the other side now. So, uh, are you were oof. you were you able to were you is there is there a bit of empathy that comes along with being? I, I mean, contest managing is different, but when it comes to adjudicating, is there a little bit of empathy that comes along knowing how difficult some of these directors are uh yeah you know the experience that they're having yeah i always i always knew that it was tough for judges yeah uh but uh you can see the bigger picture as a judge right and so with my friends who are still directing uh and they have a loss and they can't figure out why right it's uh it's a little bit easier for me to go in and explain explain the process right. i think i don't think they really i don't, i never did get the whole process of i had the the rubric but uh i didn't see the bigger picture right and they and 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 now uh do you say to your director friends that are still in the business, Hey, <laughs> now that I've seen it from this end, uh, you know, maybe, uh, t- take my <laughs> advice on some things or, or do you kind of separate yourself, kind of stay away and let them figure it out a little bit? No, I, I, I do been doing clinics with them. Yeah. And, uh, to guide them in especially here in west texas because yeah. nearly all of our directors out here are they do band and they do one act play right and so uh it's been it's been fulfilling to help them in the process of maybe looking at different plays and not just the easy ones uh so that their kids can have a, a good experience and be challenged Right. Yeah, that's good. Uh, have you experienced anything? And I know you only have done it for about a year, but did you experience anything uh, as a, a contest manager or adjudicator that 
kind of made you want to go back and direct a show so that, <laughs> it, you know, is, do, do you get what I'm saying? Uh, yes, contest managing. I, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing that. Right. Uh, <laughs> Jill Luddington said, just give it another year. Give it another year. You can do this. But when they come in and they have 50 minutes to prepare their kids on stage and they spend 45 minutes trying to decide where their set pieces are going. Yeah. It makes me a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs>